Welcome to the Writer Dojo with your host, Steve Diamond. Merry Christmas. And Larry Korea. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Today's episode, How to Approach Authors. Welcome to the Writer Dojo, everybody. Glad to have you back with us, Larry. Merry freaking Christmas. And I just realized I got that backwards. It's now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. I Darn it. Oh, well. <laughs> it's okay. It's not copyright infringement now. Oh, I love that <clears throat> movie so much. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is our... Is this our second Christmas? This is our second Christmas as the Writer Dojo. So we had our... Yeah, the first one was season one, and then this is the end of season three. Yep. So... A year and a half that we've been doing this already, um, almost every week, save, you know, when, when the people are nearly dead on the show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, everybody. This this episode will air um, the week, basically the week that Christmas hits. I think Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for being us, being with us at the Writer Dojo and, and for all the support you've given us and for listening and sharing it with your friends. Uh, and your family members and your enemies and stuff. That's that's the part we like the most. So today, I want to address a question that we had um, a few weeks ago that we, we, we talked about in our su- Supporter Spectacular where we alluded to it and we said, ah, we'll do a whole episode later. Well, Merry Christmas, Ben. This one's for you. Uh, you asked me a question when we were at FenCon and I told you, I'm not going to answer you right now. Send it to me in an email and we'll answer it on the show. And then we got to the show and it was too long to answer. So now it's a whole episode. So Merry freaking Christmas, Ben. And that's uh, how to approach an author at a con. Now, there's a lot of reasons why as a prospective author or as a new author or even as an established author, why you would want to approach other authors at a convention or even if you're just a fan. There's a lot of reasons why you would. Yeah, and we'll probably wind up expanding a little bit beyond conventions just to like life in general. Yeah, emails or whatever. But that was, Ben's, that was Ben's question. It's basically how do you approach authors? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you want to talk to them. You want to ask them questions. You want to ask them for something. Um, and so this is going to be some nuts and bolts stuff because we have a lot of listeners that aren't too good at the social stuff. Oh, gosh. It's, you know, um, I was tagged in a post the other day where um, a person was talking about how the social aspect and the networking aspect of being an author was was always a struggle for him. Um, and he replied, or and he, he tagged me in a post saying, uh, hey, because of the Writer Dojo and, and what you guys talk about, he's like, I've started looking at things in a new light and it's become, um, it's become a little easier for me. And that's what I like to hear. Uh, when when you and I were at FanX um, several months ago, and when we were at um, FenCon that same, basically the week before that, we were approached by a ton of people. Oh, yeah, hundreds. Hundreds of people. And we were approached by many, many of them who were, they were, they kind of filled all, their, their Venn diagrams were basically a solid circle. And that's, they were prospective authors, they were fans, they were readers, um, you know, all all of the above. And so they wanted to talk to us about all the various things. And I really think that this is something that approaching authors and famous people, whatever you want to call it, quote unquote, air quotes, famous. Famous in certain small nerdy circles. Yeah, exactly. I think that 
it can be a real challenge for people. And it gives a lot of people like a ton of anxiety. Yeah. The thing is, um, it's like any other type of business. And you're going to conduct yourself in a professional, polite manner. When you're going up to meet somebody, A, be cool. Be chill. Uh, Don't be weird. Don't be... Don't be awkward. Don't be creepy. Don't slide into my daughter's DMs. Yeah, don't do that. We've we learned that lesson several episodes ago. <laughs> don't, seriously, many many episodes ago. Don't bug my wife. That's no, just do weird. That. Okay, don't don't bug my wife. Um, honestly, guys, we're, others as far as uh, most of us are fairly approachable. Um, well, and and I do think it's worth mentioning that many established authors actually have many of the same social anxieties that, that you might oh, gosh. about dealing with their fans. Authors are actually one of the like most squirrely bunches there are. Uh, I am, me and you are actually pretty socially adept as which far is, as authors go. Which is really weird, right? Because we're both accountants. Yeah, we're not well, that socially adept. Not today, but. Neither one of us has an 18 in charisma here. You know what I mean? No, character creation. No. But compared to most authors, oh, geez, it's kind of a, there's, there's, it's, Compared to most accountants, we have like twenties in charisma. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not really on the autism spectrum at all. So no, it's weird <laughs> as an accountant and a writer. That makes me real oddball. No, honestly, guys, the the thing is, with people, approach them. Be cool. Uh, don't be weird. Don't be awkward. Don't be threatening. Don't be uh, demanding. Especially don't be threatening with guys like Larry and I who tend to carry. Oh yeah, yeah. That, really, don't do that. No, the, the the one that really bugs me is when when people approach. Like they owe, like like we owe them something. Yeah, that immediately turns me off. And you got to understand. So if you're a writer and you're in a position where you can help other people's careers, and you're in a position where people would like to get stuff from you and stories, everybody and their dog wants a favor. Everybody wants something from you. And I'll tell you guys, even if you're like me, I like helping people. I really, yeah, truly, I I. genuinely enjoy it. I mean, hence the reason for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to give back. And, and, but I have people come up to me and they're like, they just, they just expect me or like I did something for somebody else and why don't I do it for them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. Actually, I got that the other day on Twitter. I had somebody who was like, I was talking about how, um, it was political, but I was like, there's a lot of punditry who likes to lament the, the decline of, um, entertainment and how entertainment's gone really one direction. And I'm, I'm, I think as well, the punditry likes to complain a lot, but they don't like to promote people who are creating good stuff. Um, they just like to complain. They like to complain because complaining is easier. Complaining gets clicks. <laughs> it's very negative. It's easy to be addicted to outrage. And then somebody was like, and then I, but I said that, and then somebody who's an indie author said, well, you say that, but I've, I, well, I've never seen you promote any indie authors. Oh, give me a freaking break. And the thing is, I sought that and I was like, okay. <sighs> So off the top of my head, off the top of my head, I just started tagging independent authors on Twitter that I had helped, that I have done stuff for. I've blurbed, or I had reviewed, or I had promoted their books, or I'd give them advice, or I've helped them out business-wise, or I'd hooked them up with each other, or I've gotten them into anthologies. Co-written novels with them. Co-written novels with them. And I started tagging them, and I had like... 20 something of them and I was just off the top of my head. Dude, you've done book bombs for indie authors. Well, when I was back back when it mattered. So back when when, back before Facebook and Amazon it, and I would still be doing book bombs today if Facebook and Amazon hadn't screwed with the system. Yeah. Um 
I love doing that, but I would used to do these book bombs, guys, and I would do a book bomb where I try to get as many people in one day to purchase a book that I had read that I really liked. I was trying to promote that author. And it was always somebody who I felt needed the boost. And we could get them anywhere from 200 to 2,000 sales in a day, which you got to understand in book terms, guys, is insanely huge. That's huge. It's like having 10 really amazing book signings in an yeah, afternoon. I think, I think mine, when you did mine for residue, I think it was I think it was in the 800s. I think 800 is about my average. And yeah. then usually we'd have the one day we'd get up to like whatever that day and then we'd have the the rest of the week we'd do about yeah. the equivalent on the tail. Or if there was a if there was a special circumstance around the around the book bomb then then typically you get into the thousands to 2000. Yeah, if there was like some sort of like anything like that was like related or hit the charity yeah, heartstrings, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we would double that number. Mm-hmm. Get up to, I Easy. think my record is like 2000 a day with another 2000 over yeah. the week. So about 4000 books moved, which is huge. I think that was Rob. Was it? Oh, it probably was. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, so we've had some huge ones. And the thing is, I used to do one regular, one indie. Yeah. One trade, one indie, yeah. one trade. And so when somebody's like, well, I've never seen... I was like, well, right. dude, that's... You haven't been paying attention. That's too bad, man. Because I, But the thing is, but I bring up the book bombs for a reason. Because I do stuff like that, I get people coming to me all the time asking me, what would it take for you to do that for me? Which you can understand this. I, I can't, because you can understand 200, 400, 500, 600 sales that's to new deal. readers when you're starting your career. That's huge. Especially yeah. since most of these people will, if they like you, go read the rest of your stuff. And so the problem for me is, I mean, this got killed by Facebook and Amazon. But the problem for me is I do these things for people and then I get hundreds of, of people, it's like, hey, you did this for so and so. Could you do that for me? Yeah, I get that. I used to get that with um, with alpha reading. Oh, and yeah, with editing all the time because I was known for that and, and reviews, of course. Yep, I got that all the time. Um, I was on the uh, and the, you just can't. Oh no, you can't. I was on the the Blasters and Blades po- podcast a little bit ago. I don't think this episode's gone live yet. Um, I was on there with, I think Tony Weiskopf was on there, and. No, Tony wasn't on that one. I was on it with, with several people who, who were reviewers at one point. And we were talking about the reviewing thing, how once it becomes known that you're a reviewer, everyone and their dog wants you to review their book. Yep. And that's a very, very dangerous thing. And, and it goes the same when you're an author um, or, in my case, if you happen to know a lot of authors who are kind of a big deal. Like, I don't know, if you know a guy named uh, Larry Correa or something, people approach you. You know people way more famous than I am. I know. But but here's the funny thing. I get approached very, very often about people saying, hey, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about doing this anthology of, of something, something, and, um, you know, I, I want to know if, 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 you'd wanna, if you'd be interested in it. The answer to that question is almost always yes. Yeah. Especially if there's money involved. But with many circumstances, many different people, there's a follow-up question, Larry. And what do you think that follow-up question happens to be? Can you get Larry? Can you think, do you think you get Larry involved in that? Yeah. And I'm like, and, and at first, depending on the person, if it's someone you and I both know and both like, like say, say, say Chris Rocchio came and was like, hey, Steve, uh, you want to be in this anthology? Um, I mean, if Chris is doing it, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd say yes in a heartbeat. And if he goes, he's like, do, do you think Larry would want to be involved in something like this? He's not asking me to ask you. He's asking to gauge 
like if I like to gauge interest. Yeah. And and in that situation, I say, you know, I don't know. Let's go talk with him. Um, yeah, and it depends on the bio relationship. Like if it's somebody like 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 Christopher Rocchio, then by all means, I'm totally going to talk to him and, and listen to him. But My, if it's Joe Schmo, nobody, yeah. and they're like, do, do you think you could get like Larry to come in? I'm like, I don't, in those situations, I say, you should probably go ask him yourself. Yeah. It, my problem is I would love to. I would love to help everybody I could, but like logistically, it's impossible. I there's, just can't. There's certain people that if they come to me and ask me for a favor, when it, like a, a, a writing type favor, there's, there's a very small number of people, like five, that I will always say yes to. I mean, you're, you're obviously one of them. I mean, if you come to me and you're like, hey, Steve, I'm doing this thing. I need writing. I'm like, All right, let's do it. Um, I mean, that, that's basically how the, the to noir To be fair, all happened. my stuff pays pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the projects are always cool. Uh, every now and then, though, you know, someone will approach me with something that's totally weird. I'm just like, okay. Now, this is a Christmas episode. I got invited into, and, and this anthology's out, um, I got invited into a, an anthology called uh, um, Slay Bell's Ring, S-L-A-Y, Slay. And it's all about what if Santa was spec ops. <laughs> and so when they pitched it to me, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm just going to do this because what else am I, I mean, when else am I going to be able to write a, a weird random story like this? And so my story is about, you know, what if Santa was exterminating aliens on a planet totally not called LV-426? So, you know, you never know, right? You never know when people are going to, you know, when something's going to pique your interest. And you never know when you're approaching an author at, whether it's a convention or just online or after a podcast or whatever, you never know what their interest is going to be if you're asking them to participate in a project. Yeah. It could be something that's right up their alley. They it could, really could. It, it could be something that, like in this case, I mean, if you would have asked me before that show, because um, it was after a show that you and I were on, um, and after the fact, they said, hey, Steve, you want to do this? And I said, well, sure. I mean, I hadn't ever thought ever that I'd be writing a story about Spec Op Santa. I mean, who thinks about that? Well, but, I wrote all the Christmas now, and so I got. Well, no I guess to, you I got do. no room to talk. You're yeah. weird. Yeah. So, but unless you approach the person and ask them, you never know. But the question is, how do you approach them in a way that that gauges their interest? Because, look, you never know until you ask. The worst that the author could do is say no. And if they say no, you go okay. No well, realistically, depending on who you're asking, the odds of them saying no are really high. Oh, yeah. And it's not personal. Don't take it personal, uh, especially if you don't really have a relationship with them. And, guys, because honestly, it's just a question of time and logistics. It really is. Um, when 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 Steve still had a day job, um, and, and you know, let's cross our fingers and hope that that, that, that becomes a, an ongoing uh, thing. I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, if I got asked to do a short story, generally that was a week of time of writing every evening to get it done. Uh, in the evenings, I can generally write, write 1,000 to 1,500 words before I tap out because um, it's like 1 a.m. But so if, you're, if your story is 5,000 to 7,000 words, yep. that's a full week. And that's a week that I'm not spending on anything else. And so 
uh, you have to start planning out and rationing all that time. Because that's 5,000 words of short story you could have wrote, or that's 5,000 words of your next novel you could have wrote. Right. And and think about it. 100,000 words? I mean, that's 5% yep. of your novel. Yep. 5%. That's a large percentage of a novel. Yeah. So when people are shooting you guys down, don't take it personal. No, don't ever take it personal. Yeah, don't guys. ever take it personal. Honestly, there's a lot of things that have been pitched to me over the years that I would have loved to have done. And it's just like at the time, there's just no way I could do it. I've got in me any given year four or five short stories worth of like, because I need a break from novels. But uh, beyond that, you know, and a lot of those are going to be for myself. Yeah. You know, they're going to be for my projects. And so I'm, I, when you got guys like me, that's probably how it is for most of them. Well, now there's always one thing that, that will tip the scales on something like that. Let's say that, uh, and I'll address this back to Ben. Ben, let's say that you have a really good anthology idea and you're approaching different authors about it. And you're, you're, you know, you, you want to approach, you want to get like your, your top tier for, for three or four of the stories, your A-listers, right? There's one thing that you can do to approach, to, to, to make sure that your approach is good. Tell them that it pays, and tell them that it pays well. Um, not too long ago, Larry, you got approached by by Audible. Well, and that was an offer that I couldn't refuse kind of if, thing. If, if it's an offer we can't refuse because of monetary reasons, we're going to say yes. <laughs> but look, the vast majority... Of, if Ben had Audible's money, I don't think he'd have to ask. This, this <laughs> is true. So, look, there there are ways you can do this. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we'll start we'll start going off of individual scenarios, why you would want to approach an author at a at, at a convention or an email or whatever, and how we think that you should approach the author. So, we'll be right back. All Kira wanted was a dog for Christmas. But when Santa delivers a baby Keiju instead, she is determined to fix this mistake, one way or the other. Recruited by Santa to help save Christmas, Kira will discover not only the meaning of Christmas, but the mystery behind the baby Keiju. From the deep, dark depths of the Pacific Ocean to the snow-covered tops of the Rocky Mountains, Kira will discover that sometimes doing the right thing is the scariest thing of all. Available exclusively on Amazon for only 99 cents, author Jason Cordova brings you a heartwarming Christmas story suitable for all ages. Grab your copy today. Welcome back. All right, Larry, so let's talk about the different reasons why people would want to approach an author, whether at a convention or through like Facebook or email or whatever. Well, because we've been talking about business so far. We talked far. about business, but, and and look, at the end of the day, networking or asking for help and stuff like that, that is business in the long run. But let, let's talk about some of these things. Uh, I get um, pitches all the time. Like people want to write a story in my universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a short story, sometimes it's a novel. And you know what, guys, I, I, I love you and I, I, I'll listen, but I'll do what I can. But don't keep hounding me about it. Um, 99.9% of the time, the answer is no on that. Yeah, honestly. And, and there's people that like, I would love to, but I have, I have pitches from guys that are like big time successful 
big name authors uh, that I don't have the time mm-hmm. to develop with them. And uh, so don't don't come. I mean, and I, and I try not to be rude. I don't want to like step on people's dreams, but be cool. Just keep in mind the author that you're trying to talk to probably has a lot of time limitations too. Yeah. Um, and th- th- then again, they might not. I can't speak for all authors. You know, some authors are a lot more open to this than others. Some of them are going to be um, more approachable than others. I'm actually really approachable, but I'm busy. Some people are like very, very approachable and not busy at all. I mean, it only took you and I 10 years of knowing each other before we wrote a book together. Yeah. So, you know, after you've known Larry, like... Super, super close and worked with him for, for a couple of years and, you know, gone to each other's like kids, uh, kids places and, well, you know, stuff like that. Like, and some of it's organic. Too. I mean, it's like, so me and you, we knew each other for a long time and we were friends yeah. enough that like, there was no like really like, how do I approach Larry? Just, we, we knew each other. It right? just happens. Yeah. Well, so like when I did Noir Fatale with Casey Zell, we're two volumes in and we got a third one we're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was... Casey wanted to do a noir anthology, noir sci-fi fantasy anthology, but she needed a name. She needed a co-editor who had a bigger name. And so what it was, Casey was very smart. Uh, so this one, she actually, because I had written Hard Magic, she thought I'd be the perfect person for this. It was a good call. Yeah, and it actually worked out really well And because I probably had one of the bigger noir sci-fi fantasy books there's been. Yeah. Um, so Casey actually pitched for Liberty Con a panel about noir sci-fi and fantasy. Had Did she put me, you on it? Put me on oh, it. Oh, nice. Good she job, was the Casey. moderator. Well done, Casey. And then at the end of the panel, when the panel was over, after we had this great conversation, uh, she pitched to me the idea of doing <laughs> editing. And the thing is, so it came about, and so she was very she was very conniving. She put this together. It was super sneaky. Okay, now, now mad I got respect. It. Now I don't know if you I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but did she admit all of this to you afterwards that yes. that was the whole reason? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, good job, Casey. Oh yeah, she totally did afterwards. Um, but no, she, so she put it all together because she had a pitch for me. That's freaking awesome. Um, and because and we got that we had the panel, and I was enthusiastic about the idea, and then she approached me and she pitched it to me, and I was like, okay, that's actually a really good idea. Let's talk to Tony Weisskopf and see if she's interested. But part of my thing was um, you're doing all the scut work. Yeah. You're doing all the paperwork. You're sending the checks. You're doing all the contracts. You know, you're doing the the, the, the line edits, you know, the proofing. That's you. I do the fun I do the fun stuff. Yeah. You know, I do like the I, – I get to edit the story and go, hey, it'd be cooler if this and this happened. Yep. And then I walk away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. So um, – yeah, if you have an organic way to pitch it, that's cool. And there's people out there that I really like. I like them. I like them as writers. I like them as people. Uh, and they want to do stuff. It just kind of depends, guys. But like I said, I can't speak for all writers. Some writers are just unapproachable. Like they oh, gosh. don't like to talk to people. Well, I think I think there's quite a there's a substantial number of authors who have no interest. Whether whether because they just don't want to do it or they they're afraid to they don't know how to do it or whatever, um, of working with other people. Yep, um, they, they... I, I've seen this a lot. I know you've seen this a lot. Yep. Um, now, when it comes to like to working on projects together, whether we're talking about a full on co authorship like you and I, um, or you with all the other billions of people that you've written with, or um, or if it's just you know you know, me writing in your world or whatever. 
Um, those, for for you, you're very approachable, actually, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, relatively you'll, speaking, you'll, yeah. You know, you'll, you'll entertain cool ideas and stuff like that all, all the time. There's a, for, for every one of Larry like that, there's a gajillion authors that are like, get the crap out of my sandbox. Yeah, there's a couple of guys I can name that uh, they're like, like uh, I don't know if it's a social anxiety thing or they just hate people or oh they're just gosh. unlikable jerks. But like, honestly, uh, on, on approaching them. So here's a piece of advice. Um, do a little homework before you approach an author and just see how, like, how cool they are with that. Because some people, like me, I'll go to an event and I'll just hang out with my fans all day and I'm yep. perfectly happy and content. And I'll just sit there and chill. That's, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a dude. Do. Yeah. There are other writers who like to do kind of like the holding court thing. Oh, they're, they're like, if, if this were medieval times, they would have their chair set on a little dais and everyone else's chairs, like the feet cut a little shorter. Yeah. So and so they like they'll them. pontificate on yeah. stuff and like people will sit around and listen to them. I actually kind of hate that when they put, put like events and they'll have like a thing, like a, like a poolside, you know, sit with Larry Korea and like, dude, I don't know. I'm just a guy. Right. Yeah. Let's just chat. Let's just chat. And then, and, but yeah, there's some authors who like to do the whole court thing and there's other authors who don't want to talk at all. No. And they're just not approachable. And or they're actively jerks to their fans. Or, oh yeah, I've there seen are some. that with a few big name authors. That's unfortunate. Yeah, we could both name some big names that were like we had. We had one at an event, a pretty big name author who was nice to you and was a total dick to me. Yeah, Remember that's that one? right. That's that I was strange. Don't know what I did to that guy. Like I have no interaction with this dude ever. So me and Steve meet this author at an at an event, and we're thinking of the same guy. Oh yeah, we know. Really famous. Yeah, this is really Worldcon. famous. Super famous author. And he was like very nice to Steve. Like he was. Oh, he was super. He was nice super to me. nice to Steve. Man, he like like I I I owed him money, or I shot his dog. I I <laughs> I you know his his wife has a crush on me. I don't know what it was, but holy Ooh. crap! And this is before I was well known. You yeah, know, this, this is twenty. This is twenty eleven. So this is before I you know. So it wasn't politics. <laughs> it's this guy just hated my guts. It is weird. So, Maybe you just had a bad day. Okay, <laughs> let, let me let me address that then. Okay, regardless of the reason uh, of, of which you're approaching an author, um, whether it's to pitch them an anthology idea, whether it's to pitch working with them in some aspect of writing in their universe, or maybe it's just to be a fanboy. Maybe it's just to be a fanboy because you 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 love their work, which is awesome. Um. Sometimes, like in this case, this author that Larry and, I, and we're not going to say who it is, but for me, the author was was awesome. It was high fives everywhere around. For Larry, it was like super awkward and vaguely adversarial. But um, I don't know, man. And but the the weird thing is, which of those which of those stories, which of those interactions, is the true version of that author? Yeah, we don't know. know. I could have just have been having a bad day. Now, and now I, also I tend notice... to be I tend to be a little bit more optimistic. I like to think that um, he this author is running a bookstore at the time on the on the sales floor at Worldcon. Yeah, he was selling books. Um, and so my thought is that Larry probably just came up after he had some idiot coming up and being a total dealweed to him, and and he just happened to take it out on Larry. I, I had this interaction with Orson Scott Card. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he was intensely rude to me and even more so to the kid right behind me. And this was yet, when you were running that bookstore. 
Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was running a bookstore, but the event wasn't at my bookstore. Oh. He, he refused to come to my bookstore saying that um, he couldn't, we couldn't attract enough people, which was weird. But um, considering I had nobody, Brandon Sanderson at the time and had 200 people there for him, whatever. Um, I'm not bitter about it. Uh, but when I've brought that, that incident and I'm, and I'm using his name on purpose because when I've brought this incident up with a number of other authors, they're shocked or another, uh, a number of other authors or just fans or whatever, they're shocked because nearly, I mean, a hundred percent of everyone I've talked to said, wow, that's weird. Yeah. Because, because the only interaction I've ever had with him was pleasant. Yeah. I mean, this would be like if someone told me that um, Brandon Sanderson was rude to them. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd oh, be like, I don't know really? about that. Because yeah. that dude, he, I mean, he, he's, he's very unique and he's, he's different and stuff yeah. and he thinks differently than the rest of us. But, but, he's but he is super nice to his fans. But he is exceptionally nice to his fans. He yeah. treats his fans amazingly. Yeah. So somebody told me that Brandon was rude to them. I, I would say like a maybe he thing. had a bad day. I, I, yeah, I'd have a hard, I, I, I would have a hard time believing that. So my point with all of this is if, if you approach an author at a, in any sort of event and you come off feeling like they're perhaps a little rude to you, one, don't take it personal in general. One, it's just not a healthy way to live. But two, one, make sure it wasn't you. Make sure you weren't the, the jerk face first. Oh, What's and, that Raylan Givens quote? <sighs> if you meet a, can we, can we say that on the show? Probably not. Yeah. If you meet a butthole in the morning, you met a butthole. If you meet buttholes all day, you're the butthole. Yeah. The, this quote has been sanitized the for PG-13 the PG-13 version. <laughs> now, there's a couple other reasons why. Let's say, uh, let's say, Larry, that, that, uh, that as a fan or um, as a prospective author, because at one time you were a, a young prospective author. Oh, yeah. You approached an author because you wanted advice from them on, on a certain aspect of writing. How do you approach that author? With humility. Okay. I, but not, but not, not obsequiousness. Be yourself. Uh, be cool. Be personable. Be polite. Understand that you're making demands on their time. You're asking something of them. They don't owe you anything. If they want to help you, if they want to talk, then they will. If they don't, they don't. And if they don't, that's fine. You know, like twice in my life, I've gone full fanboy on authors that I met. Who was it? So, I know. I think I know one of them. You were there for one. Was it? Was it F. F. Paul Wilson? Wilson. Yeah. I remember that. That was that was the the world mm-hmm. fantasy we crashed. First time I met World uh, F. Paul Wilson, I geeked out. I nerded out because he's. I've been reading Repairman Jack forever. Jeez. Dude's so good. So good. And I met him, and I was just. I didn't ask him for anything. I was just. A fan, and I was just happy to meet the guy, and I shook his hand rather vigorously because he's not a big guy, and I'm a huge dude. This is true. So I was shaking his hand. I I, I am rather exuberant and kind of scary, apparently. And uh, and Paul might have been a little drunk. Yeah, and I I was I was, and the other first time was my first time I met Tracy Hickman. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I don't. You, you weren't there for that. This mm-hmm. is a long time ago. So I met Tracy Hickman. I just had the self-published version of Monster Hunter. I gave him a copy because I had read so many of his books. Growing up, yeah, that I was like, "Oh, Mr. Hickman, I'm so excited to meet you! I wrote a book." 
<laughs> you know? And uh, so I've gone full fanboy a couple times. I've I've done that too. Uh, I've I, grown I, out of it as I've gotten more, you know, jaded. I know all these people now. Well, me too. And 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 it's it's a lot easier to, with practice, I think. And, and all this stuff, I think, guys, comes down to practice. Um, the more you do it and the, the, as Larry keeps saying, be, be cool. The more cool you are about it, act like you've been there before. Um, that's the, that's the old sporting term in terms of sportsmanship. Act like you've been there before. Yeah. Um, some of this stuff starts becoming a bit more natural, even if the person's a super high powered, crazy, amazing author and you're a nobody. A lot of times, as long as you're just very cool about it and, and you're, you know, you're complimentary, but you're not. <laughs> like you're not bowing and scraping. Don't do that. No, don't bow and scrape. No one. Well, I say that there's some authors who are into that. You know. Well, they're dicks. Yeah, and it's it's just so weird to me. I'm an American. I don't. I hate that. Screw crap. that. Some of the best conversations I've had with fans and stuff have been just at events where you know we got to eat too. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I'm gonna go grab some lunch, and like inevitably, like a cadre of people go with you every freaking time. And happens you, to us every time. Every time, and so every day, of lunch and dinner, you wind up sitting there with like ten other people. Yeah. And actually, I've met a lot of authors that way. Other authors that way. I've that's met how you and people. I met. It was, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's basically how you and I. I mean, we met because of an interview, but but we really, really met and got to know each other. Yeah, we're because sitting, we ended up at dinner together. Yeah. Just chilling and chatting. Yeah, and you were one of the least dorky ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's a low bar for. No, I, honestly, I, I've done that. Like every time I, I so honestly, that's so the best ways to for me is to meet people is just like break bread with them and hang out, and be cool, just be cool, man. So when I met Robert McCammon, um, that was one of the ones that I like to think. That I didn't geek out, but I probably totally geeked out. You probably geeked out. I you probably you did. really like him. I love so, yeah. that man. So um, he was in town for a world horror. I think this was in 2012, uh, back when world horror still existed because, um, you know, they didn't, another convention didn't uh, submarine him. But uh, I was at this, I went to a, an offsite signing that he was at and that Lansdale was at. Um, I think there were a few other people. I think one of the main female horror writers was there, like Sherry Kenyon or something like that. Anyway, I go. Rick McCammon's line is super long. I get in line, and I walk up, and I have two I have two books of his. I have Speaks the Nightbird and Queen of Bedlam, two books that I recommend to everybody, and I love them. It's a great series. It's like eight books long now. I take up the first two books to him. I send them in front of him, and I go, oh, hi, uh, Hi, Mr. McCammon. I'm, I'm Steve. Uh, I run, at the time, I was like, I run Elitist Book Reviews. Um, I just want to say that I, I really like your books and, and thank you. And da, 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 da. Um, I was, I was very, I'm very calm as I say it now. I'm, I'm sure I spoke much, much faster and higher pitched and much more excited than I, you oh, know, yeah. at that point in time. But he looks at me and he goes, oh yeah, I remember one of those reviews you wrote you did it on this book and you said this and this and this about it. And, and it was all positive, of course. And I remember being blown away. And then we just started having a natural conversation in line, talking about reviewing and, and stuff like that. And it was really, really cool. Um, one of the other interactions I had was, um, was with Steven Erickson. And that one I did fanboy out over. It was like, 
one of my buddies was there, uh, a guy, you remember Rob Code? Yeah. So Rob was there. And afterwards he looks at me and I go, was I geeking out? He's like, dude, so hard. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I think I said that to you after a Paul Wilson. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, since then, what I've learned, and, and I think it's, I think it becomes a product of this when you're on the other side of the aisle and, and people are approaching you and you see what's when people are being cool and when people are being a little overbearing, um, in general, most people are cool. Um, and, and I have a, and I'm just kind of like, whatever, I'm pretty chill. But people come up and, and they're like, oh, hey, you know, I read your book. I liked your book. This was great. Blah, blah, blah. I was on the, um, I was on the Rogues in the House podcast the other day. And, and I love these guys. And one of the, one of the main runners of the show is a huge fan of Servants of War. A massive fan. Yeah, I was going to go on, but that you was on, after, but you had no, no surgery. surgery. Yeah. yeah. So, I couldn't really um, talk. So he was stoked about the book. And his name's Dean. He's great. And he was asking all these questions about it. He's like, dude, I love this book. This is so good. It was one of, you know, it's, it's probably my favorite book of the year. Oh, yada, cool. yada, yada. And, but he was just so, he was complimentary about it, but he, he was asking intelligent questions about it. And to me, that meant a lot. It meant that he would, he'd actually thought about the stuff. Now, Larry, there's, a, there's another situation when people come, generally people come up and they say, hey, can you read my stuff? That one's hard. That one's so hard, guys. And guess what? I hate to say this. The answer is almost always no. Yeah, it's almost always going to be no. It's nothing personal. It's time. We just can't. Especially... Um, <sighs> You got to understand, we, when you're a writer, what happens is you don't read for fun anymore. Almost all of us, I know very few of us that are, that are voracious writer or write, who write a lot, who were voracious readers before, who read still like we did before. Oh, I, I've, you talked, just I've talked about it on here where I used to read 50 to a hundred books a year. Yep. And that one year, that stupid year where I read 150 books. And now you're writing one or two books a year. I get no reading in, yep. dude. Because what happens, guys, is the same part of your brain. Yeah. And so you don't read for relaxation anymore. All of a sudden, you read other people's books and you start to edit. So when people ask you to read their stuff. Or, or I'm reading specifically to see, how does this person handle this sort of thing? So when you ask your friend, or when you ask your friend, the writer, to read your stuff, that's actually a big deal. Yeah. Um, like Steve and I actually have a good friend of ours who wrote a novel. And I'm going to read Josh. I'm going to read it because oh, I love Josh. He's a good friend, and I've known Josh for forever. Well, we knew his, we've known his brother forever. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean we, we were the, I, so I, I'm going to read Josh's book, but you guys aren't Josh, okay? So, I mean, I'm, yeah. uh, this, guy is like, this guy is like a blood brother, and I've known him for a, over a decade. So, and, I, and I, here's the thing. I haven't got around to it yet. No. Because reading sucks. Remember that, remember that time? Larry, when I used to read all of your books for you in advance. Oh, dude, yeah, those were great. good days. Yeah, but you don't anymore, and I don't expect you to. No. Notice I don't. Have, I don't ask you to because what's, I know. What's funny is, uh, generally how this works, guys, is Larry will send an email um, or a text to me and say, "Hey, I wrote this new thing. I just sent it to you. If you get a chance to read it, cool. If you don't, don't worry about it." And I mean it. And and Larry means it's it. It's no pressure because I get it. Now, if in general, if Larry sends me a novel, the the chances of me reading it in advance are pretty slim. In fact, I think the last actual novel I read for you was Son of the Black Sword. 
Yeah, it's been a but long that time. Was, That's seven years. But that was you. When that happened, I was in a very different place. Oh, yeah. And you weren't writing like no, nearly as much as you are now. No, especially not these days. But, and you, you specifically, the, 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 our, our relationship on, on, on that book was very weird because it was, Steve, I'm going to write this weird, dark, epic fantasy, heroic fantasy. I need recommendations. And I gave you a bunch of books. Hmm. I literally went to the used bookstore, bought them, and gave them to you. Yeah. Because you treat other books terribly. I didn't want you to break my books. So, uh, so, I, so I bought you your own set. Um, yep. And then uh, you finished it. You finished it. You literally wrote like the end, hit enter, and emailed it to me. Yeah. That that same well, moment. Because remember, that was the one that had the insane, crazy deadline. Your deadline got, got moved up by like three, three months. months or something. Yeah, yeah, three months. And you said, Steve... I need you to read this right now. You're the only guy I trust to read this right this second. Uh, and I need it this weekend. Yeah. And so I did. That that's a very that that's a very unique situation that literally one per yeah, basically just you on the planet could have asked. When I wrote the last sixteen thousand words in one day and hit send. Oh gosh. And I was editing it that while you nuts. were reading it. So that kind of stuff happens. Right. Yeah. Now that's one where we already had a relationship. You wouldn't just do that for no. some, any that, other. That's a, and that's my point. You you can't you can't approach an author and expect them to perform miracles for you. Um, People do though, and it's really sad. And and that's that's the struggle. And then they get mad at you. And 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 I think that's the most frustrating part. Um, you and I we do this podcast to give back, um, and hopefully through the various episodes of this podcast we are answering a lot of the questions for you that you would normally be either too scared to ask or maybe you don't have enough time to ask well, or you just can't approach us because of, t- of distance. The stuff that we say on the show, honestly, guys, is the same stuff I tell you in person. Yeah. And we're just, we're just having a conversation here. That's right. But there's, a, there's kind of a, a through line through all of this. And, and Larry said it about three or four times. I've said it a couple times. And that's be cool. Regardless of whatever reason you have, whether you're approaching the author because you want them to read something, whether or, or you know, you want them to give you a cover blurb. You want them to, you have a, a question about character X within their book. You have a question about how book 17 uh ended and you're you're confused about something um or you want to pitch a novel idea to them whatever all of those those are all very very different um reasons to approach an author at a con if you are cool about it and you're professional about it i mean what's the one thing i almost always say it costs you nothing to be professional yep if you are cool and you're professional about things you're going to, and, and if you're yourself, you're, you're, the chances of you, the chances of that request, whatever you're asking, going your way are higher. They're not 100%. They'll never be 100%. But you can at least control yourself. You can't control what the, other, what the author is going to say or do or behave towards you, but you can control yourself and how you act. Um, I mean, like Fanex, right? You and I probably, we end up standing next to each other at these things. 
and we end up chatting with fans for three days straight. Eight hours, eight to ten hours eight a day, ten hours standing a day, on concrete, just chatting, just chatting with people. And they always come and they always ask random different questions. Um, sometimes we get the same question three or four times a day. We don't care. Just come in and ask us the question and then be like, oh, cool. Thanks, guys. If we answer your question, you're like, well, you're not answering my question. You're a jerk. And then you walk away like, come on, guys. Like, be cool, be professional, and be respectful. If you can do those three things... Honestly, regardless of the scenario, if you do those three things, I think that your interactions are going to be pretty positive on the whole. Agreed. And authors, when people approach you with stuff, regardless of how they approach you, authors should be the same way towards their fans. So with all that said, this is the Writer Dojo. Remember, be cool, guys. Writer Dojo is Steve Diamond and Larry Correa. Produced by Jack Wilder and Bear and Hair Studios. Theme song, Word Mercenaries by Craig Nivo. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you stream your content. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support us by going to anchor.fm slash writer dojo, by leaving a five-star rating and review, and by helping to spread the word. To advertise on the Writer Dojo, email ads at writerdojo.com. All questions and comments can be emailed to questions at writerdojo.com. Tell them that it pays, and tell them that it pays well.